to stay here. So, <laughs> I made a new intro. Um, I'm still laughing about it because I made this on the couch literally like 10 minutes ago and I love it. I think it's hilarious. I like it. It's just, it lets you know, hey, there's going to be a new intro coming and it's still in production because I need something that's way more high energy than than anything I've got going now. But that's 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 what it is for now. It's letting you know it's under construction, but nothing to see here yet. Wow. Man, it's been a while. I mean, to me, to me, it felt like it's been a while and it has. I mean, it's been over two weeks now since anything has come out that's of any real value. And this, I hope I can do it justice because it's going to be a crap show, this one. So <laughs> I found I found the show title at the ins on the what is it out the gate at the get go on the outset. I found the title of this. It's going to be a crap show. Well, I actually, I got a comment that I just saw, and it's like, man, I need to get my crap together. I saw that uh, Kyron from Mere Mortals Reviews, he Mere Mortals Podcast, he commented on this last update episode that I put out, just because it's like, man, I can't leave everyone just in the dark completely. So I put together a update episode, and it's just like four minutes, just explaining, hey, there's something coming, it's just going to be a little bit, and it's there now. Now, as you can probably tell, the audio isn't, it's still not the best, but I found a way to clean it up way better than that update track. And it's still, like I said, it's still lacking a bit, but until I can find, until I can get an actual studio, this is, this is what it's going to be. So I'm going to stop harping on myself about how bad the quality is because it's not terrible, but it, like I said, it is still lacking. So I understand that and I apologize ahead of time, but let's get into it guys. So Starting off, I got movie recommendations for anyone who's into movies. Anyone who's into... Because I went to drop my son off today to have a play date with his cousin. And I talked to my brother-in-law and sister-in-law. And I asked him, hey, have you seen any good movies recently? Because I just watched one and I was going to give him the same recommendation. And they told me that since 2016, they haven't seen a movie. And I was like, oh, I mean, that's that's awesome. That's admirable. That really is. It's just like, that's not me. I... I think that's really cool, so I have to preface this for people who are into movies, and I'll preface this even one further and say, if you're into movies that are hosted on Netflix or Amazon, that's where these recommendations are coming from. So, unless unless you're the type that's into piracy, and, you know, more power to you, I'm doing a bit of that too, but let's, let's get into this. So, Father Stu, one of the better ones. I think the dark humor in this movie is just unbelievably great. It's beautiful. I love it. I love dark humor. I'm a great, I'm, I'm a stickler for it. I love it whenever I can make fun of myself. And I love it when people can make fun of themselves too. And in this movie, this dude, Stu, who, I mean, I'm not going to give you the whole plot line. I'm just telling you, go watch it, but I'll give you an idea of what it's about. So this dude, he was a boxer. He got some critical illness or got hit, I think, one too many times and his career is over. I, that's not the important part of the show. You just got, or the movie, you just got to know that this dude can't box ever again. So he's going to try and make it big some other way. And he decides he's going to go be an actor. So he goes to Hollywood to try and be an actor. Can't really make that work. Finds a nice girl. Figures out she's a devout Catholic. And she says that she's not going to get with anyone who isn't a Catholic. So he goes to the extreme and decides to become a priest. And from there, it just gets hilarious. Now, this guy's got this other level of, of comedy. It's, it's Mark Wahlberg. you know. So, I'm, so it's, it's going to be a good movie just by that alone. 
and I'm going to say this, well, hold on. Bruce Willis has been in a good number of good movies in the past, but his agent needs to be fired. Whoever his agent is sucks, and they're getting him on the worst movies ever. And there's a movie, I don't even know the name of it, because I don't want to, I want to scrub that hour out of my life. I couldn't watch the whole thing. Terrible acting by everyone else. Terrible direction by the director. Terrible camera work. Terrible script. Terrible budget. Everything was horrible. The production value was horrible. The story was horrible. It felt like they had to throw in a a lesbian couple that is actually his daughter just to get some ESG points. It's terrible. It's a terrible movie. I think that should be scrubbed from the surface of the earth, and I'm sorry that Bruce Willis has to try and do that. But this movie, knowing Mark Wahlberg is the actor that he is, I think people would enjoy this movie, being Father Stu. Go for that one. Next one, it's a documentary. It's called Farmageddon. If you haven't seen, or if you haven't heard about the craze that's going around, um, well, it's becoming a fad. It's becoming, a, I'm going to say, it's a fad that's becoming a craze, and that is raw milk. Uh, milk has been, you know, just there. Everyone knows milk. Milk is to drink it. Milk is for your cereal. Milk is for your babies. It's milk. Everyone, there's no, no one doesn't know what milk is. And anyone from the early 2000s in YouTube land, or sorry, the early 2010s in YouTube land would know that reference I just made about milk. But raw milk has been regulated to such a degree that not the Fed themselves, it's actually Department of Agriculture, Department of uh, I don't know, farms and markets or something in the state of New York, Virginia, North Carolina, California, and a couple other states have been mentioned in this documentary as cracking down with literal SWAT teams on private family farms that are selling privately to members of their community raw milk. And the problem, if anyone can tell, is there isn't a problem. It's a private sale. No one should be trying to get in the way here now i get it there it's it sounds like a little bit of propaganda and actually i don't like the production on this for this reason the lady that directed it who actually made the movie as well she's not good at reading her lines i'd say she should have hired somebody or got someone else to give her some training on how to actually read a script properly because she doesn't do it well whenever she actually does get a scene in the film it's very awkward she doesn't seem like she knows what she's doing not to say that her her product isn't better than other films that have an actual budget behind them because it's a good product the film is a good thing but she she should have probably sat this one out until she got some training either way great recommendation as far as the knowledge that you're going to get from it and that the product itself other than her interjecting into it a few times and i'm not saying that she's horrible and unwatchable it's just you'll notice it whenever you watch it but it is a great great documentary on the problems surrounding people trying to I'm not going to say it's about milk or raw milk or a healthy lifestyle or anything. It's just the problem surrounding the government overreaching. And here's just another example of it. And it's well documented. So that's it for my movie recommendations. I'll come at you with some more next week if I have uh, if I have any, find any, whatever. But that actually kind of does lead me into. Let me see if I have this down here. It's all the way at the very end. I'm going to bring it up to the top. I'm following my show notes here, but it brings me back to. I mentioned that I found a YouTube channel. That is hilarious. And I also found one that is um, incredible. Now, I didn't clip the one that's incredible for some reason. I don't know why I don't have it clipped. I think I know why. It's because it doesn't need to be clipped. It's something that I can't do justice clipping. And it's got a very intense audio bed throughout. The guy doesn't take hardly any breaks while he's speaking. It's one of those Gen Z style 
uh, productions where it's almost hardly taking any breaks because nobody has time to listen to 22 minutes, apparently. But that one, I'm going to get to after this. This one is about the Rings of Power movie or show. I haven't watched it because I don't really have any desire to watch any more Lord of the Rings other than the originals. And just because, I, I, I don't know, I'm kind of one of these guys who will take the, the, the list of movies that people say are, that I'd, I'd say public critics will say, this is going to just break box office records, it's going to be such a win for the community. And as soon as I hear that, I'm like, I'm tuning out. Well, this dude actually did a very good review and the dude's name is the critical drinker if you haven't found him on youtube go just search him google him look him up on youtube and just watch some of his stuff it's it's great he's got great analogy he's got a funny voice and he's got a funny act that he pulls with it but i'm gonna play his review of i mean th this kind of summarizes the whole thing i'm gonna play you two clips so just listen to these how did such a diverse range of different ethnicities end up in such a small, isolated rural settlement? Don't know. That's it. That's it. Everything that he has a question about, because it doesn't make sense in the story, is don't know. It's literally all the same thing. Like, it's, it's beautiful. But then he actually does figure out why. And I'm going to play you that clip right here. It doesn't matter, because this show has to reflect the world, the world we, live in, we today. live in today. This show has to reflect the world we live in today. This show has to reflect the world we live in today. The world we live in today. This show makes me want to murder myself. That's it. <laughs> That's it. It's, oh man, he's, he's hilarious. I think he's one of the better ones. But then, it actually, I, I kept watching more and more of his videos. And I was like, man, this guy's hilarious. Let's listen to some more. And I found a video on the Joker because I love the Joker. The movie Joker, not not uh, Batman Dark Knight, not Dark Knight Rises, none of that. No, the Joker movie. Everyone knows this one. It's with Joaquin Phoenix uh, playing the main character. And when this thing hit the theaters, it was just, oh, everyone hated it in the, like I said, in the critical community saying, oh, it's empowering white men to cause atrocities to everyone else. And blah, 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 blah. Well, I watched it and I loved it. I loved it. It gave me a heart for the Joker. You know, it was like, wow, now you can understand why someone could be so broken now. You know, it really speaks to true trauma and what happens to people. And it got me thinking, you know, like this Joker clip. It relates to the struggle of incels. Now, li listen, 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 listen to this clip. The truth is that being an incel has almost nothing to do with Arthur's story. He fantasizes occasionally about having a relationship with his attractive neighbor, but there's not much of a sexual element to this delusion. All Arthur really wants is genuine human contact, love, companionship, acceptance, and happiness. The things that have been denied to him his entire life. There was... who was it? There was a... Uh, I can't remember who it was. There's a... Uh... A lady that called some some uh, actress called Jordan Peterson the the father of incels or uh, giving power to incels or something of the nature, not realizing what what the struggle of incels actually is. And this clip wraps it up beautifully. It's just like incels aren't someone who want to have only sex. Like that's all that's on their mind. It's like they're involuntary celibates, and that defines them. It's not that. The, the part celibate doesn't necessarily cover every part of what an incel is. An incel is someone who is denied the opportunity to have human connection with anyone. Because 
because of a little thing we like to call projection. And because women in today's day and age, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm not, gonna, I'm not roping every woman in, every woman into this because I have a loving wife. I have sisters who are modest and uh, meek, whatever word you want to use there. Inter, interject any positive comment or positive is is that an adverb or an adjective? I think it's an adjective. Anything positive there, and that describes the people that I surround myself as far as the woman variety. But then there's the other side of it. The women who just browse Tinder like it's nothing and look for a quick date at any moment and 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 they just they they demonize the men around them because the men around them are patriarchal and don't have to answer to anything. But in reality, they want the same thing and birth control has afforded them that that ability. Because believe it or not, and admit it or not, birth control has allowed women to become dicks. And I'll explain it this way. Because a woman does no longer have, because a woman no longer has the possibility of becoming pregnant. And this is by any form of contraception. Now, birth control is the most effective. Now you have IUDs now, and, and you had condoms before. But the most effective is birth control. And because of that, because of that revolution, now women don't have this this possibility of having responsibility burden them after the interchange of sex. So having said that, now, now a woman has every opportunity to be just as much of a dick as every other guy that they've demonized from beforehand. And I'm using that word demonize, you can use whatever other word you want, but it, it, it still holds true. And because of that, now they're projecting and assuming that every man that wants to have a loving relationship with them, literally just having a, a emotional connection because men won't speak about it because they're men and they don't speak about it and screw that. That's nonsense. Every man who's ever been in a committed relationship has opened up to their woman of choice to a, a degree that would get them called pussies in front of all their friends. And, and it, remember, it reminds me of the of the Bill Burr joke, though, what are you a fag? It's one of my favorite, favorite skits ever. It's, what do you want, bananas on your pancake? What a fag! It's like, it's literally, it explains what a dude does in front of his friends, but then on the back end, when he's with his wife, his significant other, whoever else, his partner, he opens up, just like, oh man, you want to use harsher words, but I just gave, <laughs> I just, this, this is Sunday, and I just gave a message in church uh, on being more Christ-like and I'm not living up to my standards, but that's, that's what it is to be a Christian is to be struggling. Anyway, moving along because I'm going to start saying things I shouldn't. The next channel on YouTube that I recommend anyone to watch, everyone to watch is moon. Just simple, simple handle moon, like the moon outside. M O O N. I think I spelled that right. I think the mic picked me up clearly. I think I'm not mumbling too much. But they do a lot of these, like I said, Gen Z, uh, no time for anyone, 22 minute, just real quick off the cut, real nice jump cuts. They're not as choppy as a TikTok video, but you know, it's pretty quick, pretty tight. So they have these mini documentaries on things that, that I think are actually kind of important. Some of them are terrible. I think I haven't gone through all of them, but some of them, are, it's kind of like, hey, you're pushing an agenda here. But most of it's pretty all right. And the one that I recommend everyone to watch is the one on uh, Nestle and Nestle's War on Children. So I I have that in the show notes of this episode. And if I get my chapters right with Podcasting 2.0, you'll be able to 
see the clip art of what the uh, thumbnail of the video is on YouTube. And uh, it'll even have a link to the video. So if, if your podcast app supports clicking the podcast chapter art to take you to the link, then you'll be able to get to it from there. But it's, it's insane. It's insane. I mean, it's not. It's not really. You know, when you, when you think about it, these big corporations, you wonder how they get so massive. And you wonder, okay, well, what they have to do? You know, who they have to off to get to this position of power? Because there's always going to be some contention around you with any kind of growth. And when you get to be such a big corporation, it just amplifies. So you start to wonder, who's the person that has to suffer so that way I can get what they're offering? Uh, chocolate or anything that Nestle offers. Because Nestle is just the, the parent corporation that has a bunch of other subsidiaries, I think is the word. I think it's an S-corp, a subsidiary corporation, I think is what it stands for. I don't know. Uh, I'm a pleb. But as far as I understand it, they own, a. as far as everyone can understand it, they own plenty of other companies, and they're just the parent corporation. They bought them out. Well, in the early stages of the company, they were making mainly chocolate, but also infant formula. And their infant formula was actually the major push to start the divide between breastfeeding mothers and bottle mothers, or bottle-fed babies, whatever. Breastfed babies and bottle-fed babies. It was because of their insane marketing campaign that they actually convinced nursing mothers that their breast milk was inadequate compared to this powdered milk. And also, just the ease of use, the ease of being able to not have to worry about it, because now you just have this product, and what if your baby doesn't latch properly, like mine, my son, Lorenzo, at the end of every podcast that I have, I've put his voice in the end saying, like my pod or uh, share my podcast and give me five stars. And you'll hear it at the end of this one too. But this guy didn't want to latch on. And to latch on, if nobody has kids yet, it just means that whenever you first have the kid, you have to get them to get their first meal. The first meal is usually the breast milk of the mother. Well, the baby has to actually learn to latch on to the nipple. Well, some babies just don't take. They don't take for whatever reason. Either the nipple isn't the right size for the baby's liking or whatever. Well, my my son didn't latch on. So we were really, I mean, my wife was really upset about that. That's like a very intense bonding moment. She was really upset about it. But she kind of got over it because, you know, breast pump and you can still feed the baby. But it wasn't the same, obviously. Either way, Nestle made that push to say, hey, your your breast milk is inadequate. And plus, I mean, come on. You know, you, you got another reason here. Here you go. Use our breast. Use our formula. Well, anyway, then they started just horrible business practices in the sense of what we're going to do is we're going to put all our formula in these hospitals. We're going to buy out these hospitals as formula and just give them all these free samples to the mothers to take home. And they give them these free samples. This didn't just happen in America. It gets worse because they did it in third world countries where they didn't have clean water, at least clean enough for the baby to be to have their formula mixed with the breast milk or sorry, with the uh, powdered formula. Whereas the mother could be drinking whatever she could possibly deem as clean as necessary and still make filtered breast milk, which would be well and good enough. Still not as good as it could be in a first world country, but better than that crap. And they gave them just enough free samples to where they calculated it because it's not hard to calculate how long it would take for the brother's natural breast milk to dry up. And then they made him dependent, just like drug dealers do for people who they're trying to hook. And from there, it's just a downhill spiral. You have to listen to the whole thing. Like I should have clipped it, but like I said, it's hard. 
but you need to listen to the whole thing. It's only 22 minutes. It's not like it's going to eat up so much of your time, and it's beneficial for you. Well, as an aside, I made a t-shirt, and um, it's not very Christian of me, but if anyone wants the t-shirt, after they've seen the video, and they want to support me other than by, uh, what do you call it, sending in Satoshis, you can either go through my Snap Tea store and order the shirt, or if you find a way to reach out to me directly, either through my website, where we can do it that way, or you can reach out to me through a Boostagram, and then we'll reach out privately, I can send you one for a lot cheaper because my sister-in-law runs a somewhat of a small business making custom t-shirts. So if that's something that you're into, uh, let me know and, uh, and we'll get you squared away. But that's it. There's my, there's my reviews about Nestle. There's my reviews about movies and about that YouTube channel that I wanted everyone to listen to. But here, here's another thing. So I, I said that in my update episode, I said that I switched jobs. So everyone who's been following along knows that I was for the last three years. Sorry, for the last year, I was a Finnish carpenter and cider. And just a few other small things here and there, just, you know, with drywall patches and so on and so forth. Small things, kind of handyman things, but not exactly. A lot of Finnish work. And then the two years, I'm sorry, two and a half years before that, I was in framing, uh, residential. Uh, in Spokane, Washington, and the North Idaho area. Well, I made a move over to a different company. My brother-in-law had a um, a restoration company that he started in the second year of my framing career. Career, and he's he's been struggling. He's been struggling to pick it up off its feet because he's not very eloquent with his speech. I mean, when it comes to demo, when it comes to all sorts of other things, he's just on on point. I mean, you can't stop him. He's, he's like a workhorse, like a mule. But when it comes to speaking, he's pretty much like a mule. Like he's, he's not very understandable. It's not like English is, his first, English is his first language. He's got an excuse, okay? He's been in like four car accidents and he'd been in a coma for about six months at one point, I think it was, or six weeks. And, you know, he's got more metal in his body than bone. He's, he's a mess, but he's a workhorse. So he started a business with some money that he got from, I'm not sure where, and it'd been hard going, getting it off its feet. So I made a handshake agreement, just kind of a bootleg contract to say, hey, if you if you bring me on board, then I'll get your business up and running. Just give me a, a salary for every month, something that I can live off of. I'm not going to enrich myself off the up and coming business, but I need to live. So I'll do that. And then once we actually get into a good spot financially, then we'll revisit this handshake contract and we'll see what what you think is fair as far as what my my value has been added to your company. You think you've gotten something valuable from me? Donate that value back. You see, I'm living the value for value lifestyle every day. And I just clipped out there. But I'm passionate about that. So, yeah. I told him, hey, if, if, if it's valuable to you, if you think that what I'm doing for you and your business is valuable, go ahead and translate that back with value at our uh, three to six month review. And we'll go from there. So, currently, he's in Florida. Uh, working on some of the catastrophe work with his uh, sister. It's kind of a whole family of restoration companies. But he's out there with her. They're attacking all the work out there. And hopefully they'll come back with a, a decent chunk of change so we can reinvest it into the business and get this thing up off its feet. And, ju- and just so you know, this stuff is super lucrative. If anyone wants to, if anyone's been thinking about starting a business and you want to start one, reach out to me if you want to do anything in the restoration business. It is insanely lucrative. 
And I'll give you kind of a, a an idea of what I'm talking about here. So if anyone's ever done demolition work, um, anything in the home setting, so you torn down a wall, uh, re- redid a, a bathroom, you know, just ripped out the toilet and just did a few extra things in there to, you know, update it, get a new vanity, get a new tub, do the uh, bath fitter deal, everything in there. Maybe even redid the flooring, you know, whatever. Something that would take you, and it's just purely demo. You're not doing a whole lot of reconstruction unless you want that side of the work, which a lot of people don't because they don't have reconstruction dudes on call, which I am. I've done framing and finish work so I can do all of that for our company. Well, anyway, once once you get one of those light duty jobs, let's say a standard five by eight bathroom. So you get that five by eight bathroom, let's say it's all flooded and you're supposed to tear everything out, roughly everything. Let's say the vanity comes out, Sorry, the vanity comes out, the toilet comes out, the tub comes out, the flooring or floor covering comes out, not exactly all the flooring. You might get to that point where you need to, but the floor covering comes out and then you do a two foot flood cut is what it's called. So you cut the drywall up two foot around the perimeter of the room, most likely. A lot of the times it's not, but sometimes you do around the perimeter and that's if the water has absorbed into the drywall around the perimeter. You do all that. That's not where the moneymaker is. Now, obviously, you can make some good money there. You can make probably, I think, around $1,500 there, which is still decent money. You can do that demo, you and one other dude, in a day, effectively. If you get there at 8 in the morning and you leave at 3.30 to 4, you could be cleaned up and everything in the trailer in a day, very effectively, if you know what you're doing. If you don't, let's say two days. You know, one day to do the majority of it, second day for cleanup. We'll say it that way. But still, $1,500 for two days is not bad. I mean, it's not the best, but it's not bad. Well, the real moneymaker comes because it, it was a flooded, it was a flooded area. The reason why you're even in there doing demo in the first place is because it was flooded. Now, you'd only cut things out if it was category three water, which is gross water, which is usually a sewage leak. So if you're into this, you know, keep listening. But if not, you know, whatever, just kind of tune me out for a second. But then you come back through, you treat everything with a chemical and antimicrobial. Usually something that's, I don't know, what would you call it? Um, what's the word for it? Organic or uh, not caustic. And then you go through, spray that down and start setting up your equipment. There is your moneymaker right there, is your equipment. Because when you use your equipment, it's industry tested, industry tested, industrially invented, whatever. It's made for the job. And what it does is you put a giant dehumidifier in there. It's, it's huge. I mean, it's not huge. It's, it's big enough for one person to carry, but it's also, it's, it's very cumbersome, very awkward, very hard to move around, but it's big. You put that one guy in there, that guy runs $160 every single day that it runs. And you have to run it a minimum of five days most of the time. So that right there is another $1,000. And then you need at least for the five by eight bathroom four what are called air movers. They're basically just big fans. You put four of those at least, depending on the saturation of the bathroom, how much water's in there. There's calculators for all this. But you put those in there and you let those run. Those run at about $60 to $80 a day, depending on how intense your equipment is. So you can see how the money starts racking up. Now, if you that's just if one room is affected. Your money starts multiplying once that bathroom leak goes into the next bedroom. Then you talk about flooring materials that need to be ripped out, how far you need to rip it out. And then you, you get into all these nuanced issues. But as an example, we did a... L- not medium. It's a light to medium sizes demolition where three rooms were affected. There was a laundry room in the basement, a bathroom in the basement, and a bathroom on the first floor. 
bathroom on the first floor had a leak, leaked into the basement bathroom. That one went through the ceiling and then this, uh, all the walls on the sides of it and then went a little bit into the laundry room on the adjoining room. Now this demo in total, total man hours worked there was two days. And then the equipment ran for an extra nine. Now this was a special use case. You're not usually going to run your equipment for nine days, but this one ran for nine days. Now we weren't there. We weren't there doing the, any work during the equipment that it, the time that it was running. Now you have to go back and monitor to make sure that your equipment is actually doing its job, measure the materials with your moisture meter to make sure that it dries out. And I'll bring this back later. Cause I have something that I want to talk to any dudes named Ben out there, but you go back there, you monitor, and then you go back to your shop and that's it. It's drive time. So for nine days, you're sitting there making what we would call passive income. By the time you get back, when it's all dry, you make sure that you record everything into the insurance company's required management software as a, we're getting some dry, uh, readings here. You have to give your excuses as to why you're going nine days instead of seven, which is the maximum normally. And once everything is cleared and in writing that you got your approvals, you're good to go. And this job pays out 9,000. So you're at a point where now you're making $9,000 in a total with all the drive time, because it was about a half hour back and forth every day, nine days. And then you're at uh, the first day and a half of work, probably two days of actual demo. You're at three days of work for $9,000 for two employees. And you can see how money starts adding up with this. So it's very lucrative. Once you start getting a good employee base that you can attack three or four jobs at a, at a time in one day, then you can start moving on with that. Then you start training your guys to do the reconstruction. You can start taking the reconstruction jobs, which sometimes it's a conflict of interest, which most insurance companies will call it that because then you can just tear out more as the demo side and then start replacing more as the recon side and get more money for yourself, which is a no-no. So usually they don't let you do it. But there are some instances where it happens. But either way, that's my new job. And because that's my new job, now, like I said, I have plenty of time. Plenty of time. It took me forever to record this. Now I will have plenty of time to do more recordings, to plan for more things, and get more things going with this, with my podcast. Now, on Fountain. That's the app that I use because it's got an interactive dashboard for all the podcasters to check their incoming Satoshis that are being donated for every single episode. You can monitor how many you're earning by people who are streaming your episode at any given time if they are participating in the value for value model. So it, it works out for me. But on that podcast app, which I actually will pull up right now, I got a comment on a podcast episode. So my update episode, Kyron, like I said, Mere Mortals podcast donated. Where is it? Where is it? Let me pull that up here. It says it's a certain amount, but it's not exactly that much because there are um, portions, percentages that get pulled out for every episode. Certain amount goes to the podcast app. Certain amount goes to the podcaster. And I made Pitar one of my <laughs> splits, episode level splits. That's what it is. No, he's a, a podcast level split. But anyway, I said in my update episode that I'm going to do a meme review, which is about to happen. So strap in, buckle in. <laughs> and Kyron says, I like memes. Keen to see how you do this meme review. 
And I'm like, man, it's going to be a crap show. But hey, hashtag running with scissors. So here goes nothing, boys. If you are listening on a podcasting 2.0 compliant application, you will see generously provided for you running across your screen the memes for today's memes review. You will see them only as I make mention of them. So buckle in, open up your apps, and watch the screen for the magic of podcasting 2.0. How'd you like that? Oh, man. It's terrible. It's terrible. But anyway. These All these memes are sourced from iFunny. If you want the source material, you can get them in the show notes. They'll be linked there. If you want to screenshot them on the screen, that's fine. I'm going to have to crop some of them because they're not perfect squares, but you can follow along. I hope this works out on your devices. If it doesn't, I apologize. I'm trying to prove that the future is now, and I have other plans for the future, and I'll explain them after this, but next meme. <laughs> okay, I love these memes because on iFunny, there's there's these, it's all depression. It's all hidden, but slowly creeping through depression. There's this frog. He says, says, I hope you, I hope you heal from the things you don't talk about. Ah, it's hard to laugh about that because this guy's just trying to give you all the encouragement that you could possibly get, but we know everyone's depressed. It's a level of dark humor. That's not really dark humor. It's more like a plea saying, hey, please, someone help me because I'm not healing from this and I need help. And this guy just says, I hope you're healing from it. And it's like, man, that's not even a good meme. But it is. That's what iFunny is right now. It's it's dudes admitting that they are in a hard spot and they need help. And that is an incel right there. He needs help. Help that incel. <laughs> this is going to suck. Okay, next meme. All right, I actually love this one. I saved this one, okay? It says, uh, it's it's just a, a 4chan chat. It's someone just talking about uh, something that they've been doing on 4chan, uh, just some experiment they've been doing. And it says this, it says, uh, I've been taking 30 milligrams of zinc for about a month now. And even if I hear, <laughs> okay, <laughs> this is gonna this is probably gonna need an explicit warning on my podcast episode. So <laughs> we'll see. I'm gonna have to, if there's any real bad words, I'm gonna censor myself because I'm trying not to cuss. I can, I'm just trying not to. But I'll talk about that in the next episode. Uh, It says, I've been taking 30 milligrams of zinc for about a month now. And if I even hear a woman, my cock starts thrashing around like a greyhound in a cage before a race. (laughs) I issue not. I'm saying it. Okay, I'm I'm censoring myself. It's not even the worst word, but whatever. I've got so much gumption in my truncheon. I could slam it clean through a stud wall and impregnate every off. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Cut. Retake. I could slam it through a wall and... mm, Nope, 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 nope. I'm just going to try. I'm just going to read it. I could slam it clean through a stud wall and impregnate every occupant in the next room. Even the menfolk. (laughs) Thanks to zinc, I've done so much... So much effing. My wife's nethers look like a punch lasagna. I had to do the ultimate gentleman move and shag her up the jacksy to, (laughs) to give her coochie a break, but even that finally gave in on me. Honestly, she's been howling like a bulldog... Ishing a pine cone. <clears throat> I shouldn't be saying this. And the cum? I didn't even tell you about the cum. My cane sugar be firing out like a GD jet washer. Stripped the paint right off the master bedroom and left a divot in the plasterboard. Thanks, Zinc. I love that one. <laughs> so, needless to say, I'm taking 30 milligrams of zinc every day now. <laughs> okay, next meme. Man, I should make this like a you laugh, you lose. 
I don't know how I'm going to do the lose part. Like, what, what would it be that I have to do if I lose? I have an idea. Okay, here's my idea. If I lose any of these you laugh, you lose things, if I start laughing, then I will have to donate Satoshis from my own wallet that have been donated from the episode previous or my own funded wallet Satoshis. You guys let me know in the comments, whoever's listening. If I lose, I have to donate those to the podcast of your choice. That would probably be one of the like worst podcasts that everyone agrees is the worst. And I get it. That's kind of like hating on people. But, you know, if we can all agree that someone like Kara Swisher is a hate listen. Then we'll go with that. Sound good? Okay, sounds good. Next meme. When you finally make it to the middle class, but inflation gets so high, it makes you the lower class again. Okay, so this one, I don't think I needed to, like, I mean, this, obviously, I would win this. I would win this with, with meme review. I wouldn't lose on this one. But it's, like, so true, you know? <laughs> you know, I laughed a little. So true. Like, I'm there, man. I'm there. Bro, when I was a kid, I'd say, man, if I could make 1500 a month. And I was I was born in the 90s, you know? But I said, man, if I make it to 1500 a month, I can afford everything that I want. And I was just looking at my parents' bills, and I was like, man, this is a big house. I don't need a house this big. I can get a small house. Now even the tiny homes are 3000 a month. Like, come on. You know, come on. Help us out here. <sighs> Depression memes. <laughs> I got a few more. Got a few more. Next meme. This one, this one's not funny. This one's like, this is the direction iFunny's going. If I want dark memes, if I want to do dark humor, if I want to do anything like that, I can't be going to iFunny. I got to go to like our dark humor on Reddit or something. Or if anyone knows any good place to find memes, Kyron, you like memes? Give me a location. And then after this, I want to talk to you about why I can make this work better if I get a new host and I need to talk to Dave Jones about helping me do a self-hosted option because I have an idea. But I'll tell you that after this. Meme. If God will put this much detail in a snowflake, what makes you think your life is any less important? And you look at it, and it's like, I mean, you know, it's a decent argument. But then, you know, nature on its own does its own things, and there's beautiful things in nature, and then we can have the argument of whether it was God or not. But, like, it's just, it's just, it's a good meme, you know? Like, I don't want to argue about it. This I don't want to... Yeah, it's a good meme, you know? Like, it, not every meme is funny anymore. They're all, like, making a point. And some of the points that are made are better than others. But this one... <laughs> this one. Look at your screen, bro. <laughs> this one's hilarious. It's like, <laughs> me trying to get into heaven. <laughs> it says, says, the boys group chat... <laughs> Well, if you've seen the source material, you'd understand why I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, some black dude, he's just like, ah, yeah, what's this? Yeah, I got you right here, mother. <laughs> it's just so beautiful. Oh, man, I got it. Oh, okay, I got one more. I think one more. Is that one more? Oh, shoot. No, I got two more. I'm going to do two more because this, uh, I'm laughing at this like a lot and I'm hoping other people are getting a good view of it, but. Check this one out. All right, listen to this. If you squint your eyes hard enough, they both look the same. And I dare you to do it. <laughs> I dare you to do it. Like, just do it. Do it already. Squint your eyes hard enough, 
and they seriously look exactly the same. And it helps if you're far away enough from the picture. There's no difference. It's that one. That one's just for pure enjoyment. Go for it. Have fun. <laughs> Last one. You make 9-11 memes. I made 9-11. We're not the same. That one isn't even a funny. That's just a... That's a... That's a truthism right there. That's it. Meme review over. I, I need to do with video memes better. And I have... I have a... Meme review over. If you liked it, you know, donations. If you think those memes were hilarious. If you think that they were subpar, send me a location with better memes. And video memes. So I have... I have an iPhone, just so you know. Uh, and on this iPhone, Siri shortcuts are very powerful. If you haven't used Siri shortcuts, use them, because I have a... Uh, it's, it's not like I have. It's something that you can make on your phone. I can share you the Siri shortcut if you want it. But what it does is it turns any video file into a GIF, and not just a GIF that's choppy and, you know, whatever, like, short, short form. This takes whole five-minute videos and turns them into GIFs. And it's unbelievable how... Now, this is such an underused resource, but now I found a utility for it. If you take this, and it's high quality too, it's high def. It's almost like it preserves exactly, because I looked at this file size afterwards. I looked at the file size of the GIF and of the video, and it's the same file size, which is kind of hard to believe. Not necessarily. No, it's not. No, it's not. Well, anyway, same file size for the GIFs and the video. So it'd be a huge file size, but you could essentially do an entire recorded podcast with a video convert the entire video into a GIF, overlay the GIF video over your vocals just right on a test podcast that no one knows about so you get it just right with the timing because some apps take forever to load. Sometimes the GIFs wouldn't the GIFs wouldn't sync up properly to your voice, but you could essentially have with some of these new podcasting 2.0 apps a true video in a podcast before video is officially supported because Fountain supports GIFs. So if I wanted to, I could Download one of these GIF videos, do this, uh, the GIF conversion, extract the audio, which isn't hard. I already do that for my clips, overlay them, and there's your meme review. I would be doing my meme review in the back end, and then in post, I would edit it into place with the GIFs. Like, it's all live, like it is right now. Everything's live, but you would just edit them in post afterward into their places, so that way everyone could see exactly what you're seeing. So if you're doing a live show, obviously they wouldn't be able to see it. They just hear you giggling and being all giddy about that. But there you go. Like it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing that Podcasting 2.0 has allowed. You can actually have a half audio, half video, video, technically, podcast, and you don't have to switch apps. It's beautiful. Like, I hate the idea of video because there's so much editing necessary. And I also hate the idea of editing my podcast audio, but I don't have to anymore. It's all done. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. Meme review is done. Meme review is done. I need to get into my donation segment. So, I already read out the Mere Mortals podcast uh, donation because Chiron is wonderful. Actually, hold on. Let me let me roll this out. need to get a new one of those too i got a new intro roughly need to get a new one of those but this has been so long coming this episode that i have donations i believe from the last podcast oh my goodness oh what 
Oh, hold on. Oh, oh no. Oh, no, 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 no. That's all from, okay. Never mind. I'm reading it wrong. Reading it wrong. Okay. Back to this. Back to this. Okay. I'm reading these podcast episode donations. These episode donations are from the one I recorded with my brother, which was two and a half weeks ago, September 24th. And it's August 8th. This is like impressively, this is an impressive level of procrastination. Anyway, it says, uh, from mere mortals. What am I looking at here? Okay. I'm, 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 I'm half here. I'm sorry, guys. I'm half here. Okay. Mere mortals podcast donated 1,919. No, it's something else. It's just, it, I, I get the split on the record. Okay. Podcasting is pretty metal. I like your brother's one-liners. I love that. Oh, and it's got emoji support. What? Okay. I got an update to, to fountain. Awesome. Okay. Then Pitar, my main problem with guns is not having enough of them. Then in, uh, in the same, co- there's a comment thread. I got to go back to the comment thread. I'm going to go back to this. Uh, Kyron donates again today, uh, the ninth, the ninth. Oh, his time, the ninth. Okay. Uh, I like memes. Keen to see how, oh, it is the ninth. Oh shoot. I said the eighth. <laughs> Keen to see how you do this meme review. And you just saw it. <laughs> so, uh, I hope it's not terrible. It's all right. Anyway, um, let me see right here. Come up with your own title because we couldn't go to the boosts. All right. And then right here, podcasting is pretty metal. I like your brother's one-liners. Pitar replies to that and says, I I like smoking that skin wagon myself. <laughs> it's, ah, it's a great one. I, I, I feel like I've read this already twice. I feel like I've read this twice. Well, anyway, that's that's the all the donation segment that's all the donations that i've made to the podcast and i thank you guys for sticking around like my goodness every time i have to apologize and thank you and it's wonderful that you guys are still around for so long so thank you again okay moving on last thing i want to cover last thing i want to cover and uh if you heard the audio kind of switch up a little bit there it's because i uh i I accidentally switched my input uh at some point and switched it back so there's that um last two topics I want to cover. So I did my movies. Um, I did my critical drinker stuff. I did my donation segment. I have, uh, there is a website that Adam Curry put out and it's on the topic of value for value. And what does it actually mean? So if you go to the link in the show notes or the one that's going to be featured in the podcasting 2.0 chapters, you'll see the value for value website. And it starts off just by saying a new way to think about value. Value for value is a monetization model a content format, and a way of life. It is about freedom and openness, connection and free speech, sound money and censorship resistance. The largest success to date of applied value for value is Podcasting 2.0 with 4,128,725 creators indexed and 9,213 creators are value enabled. Now, this is a cached view of the, of the um, uh, website. So that number, I think, is dynamically updated, which is wonderful, but... If you want to learn anything about value for value and what that means as a way of life, what that means, how to implement it in your own podcast, go ahead and visit that that link because it explains it better than I ever could, mainly because it comes from the source, the inventor of the the model itself, excuse me. So I wanted to shed some light on that because I I haven't heard uh, a lot of other people mentioning that. I know Adam did on one of the podcasting 2.0 episodes he put out. But it was kind of in passing. It was one of those, hey, it's a cool website, nice way to make it. And um, if anyone wants to use it, you can use it. But it, it wasn't very out there. But there it is. There's your value for value website 
where if you want to learn anything about it, go there. Because it is a way of life. It's not just for podcasters. Podcasters take a vow of poverty. This is different. This is a way of life that's true. And I'm going to give you one example of that before I get into my last topic, before I cut out for today. My nephew needed a haircut. So usually my wife cuts his hair, but today she chose not to, or the day of, the ha- of said haircut, she chose not to. And during that haircut uh, appointment that he needed, which was out of my way, I was at work, I had to leave work early so I could go and pick him up. And this is very recent. This was like last week. I had to pick him up, take him to his uh, hairdresser, whatever you want to call the guy, and get this guy his haircut. Well, during this whole haircut process, uh, which was over an hour and a half long, I had to drive all the way back in the opposite direction to where we first started to pick up a package for him, which I didn't have to. It was one of those, oh, Claude, please, please, Claude, please, please. Oh, oh, man, you're like the biggest bro. Please, I'll pay you. Please, I'll pay you. And I was like, okay, man, I'm like, all right, you don't have to pay me, but you can pay me if you want to. Okay, cool. Pay me, whatever you want. And I was like, how much? And he says, I'll get you. Don't worry about it. So I was like, all right, I drove back, drove back to the haircut. So I picked up his package, drove back to the haircut, picked him up, took him home. On the drive home, he tells me, oh, bro, you won't believe it. They charged me twice for these AirPods. So I guess I picked up some AirPods for him. Okay, that's cool. That's all good and fine. Picked up some AirPods for him, took him home. I'll get you, bro. Don't you worry about it. I'll talk to my mom. I'll get my money and I'll give it to you. You'll get your money. All right, bro. Don't worry about it. Just, you know, value for value. You know, I I did something valuable for you. I got you to where you needed to be when your whole family didn't want to. And I drove back and forth an hour and a half to try and get your stuff. So, you know, just show it. I'm not asking for like 200 bucks, even a hundred bucks. Just show me something. If you want to, that's fine. I'm not asking. I'm not putting a number on it. You do it. Okay. Next day, the kid messages me saying, Hey, did you get your money yet? We had already agreed that it would go through cash app. And I said, no. You know, obviously, I would have got a notification. I would have told you, thanks for the money. Well, then he tells me, well, it shows that I sent you 100 bucks, so it's not my problem that you didn't get anything. And obviously, at this point, I knew he was lying, clearly lying. So I was like, I mean, all right, bro. Like, all you have to say is you don't want to pay me. And that's that just shows me that you don't value what I did for you. It's as simple as that. Like, I won't do it for you again, but it doesn't mean that we're not friends. Just, un- I mean, you know probably not friends because someone who doesn't value you at all shouldn't be a friend, but you, you get it. And that's how I've been living my life recently. I told my in-laws at the work that I did for them that, hey, just pay me what you think it's worth. you know. And they still haven't decided on a number, which I understand. Like I did a whole renovation for them, framed in an entire extension on their home, did almost all the exterior work, if not all of it, did almost all the interior work, save the drywall. So there's there's a lot that that they probably have to think about there. But you know, I'm just saying, put a number on it. And then if you think it's valuable, that's fine. I'll assess that. And if I think that you really severely undervalued me in my time, well, then I just won't do it again. But if I think, you know what, this is fair because I can be introspective. I can tell, you know, maybe I could have done things a little better. Well, then that'll be fine and I can learn from there. And then maybe I can do work better and produce more value so they can value it back with more value from them. Anyway. Last thing I want to cover is uh, this. Okay, let me let me play this. This actually tied into something. I actually lost my train of thought here. So I'm going to play this for you, and then I'm going to go over the topics for the next show, play out my end of show song, and I'll mention something about that, end of show ISO, and that'll be it. So check out this. 
A recent report found 60% of Florida residents do not have flood insurance. But help is on the way. I approved the governor's most recent request for expedited major disaster declaration. President Biden promising nearly $38,000 for people who don't have enough home insurance and another 38000 for lost property. Sorry about that. I hit the mic button. Like it's, 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 it's ducked. It ducks. So every time I turn my mic on, my input, I mute myself while the clip is going. So that way when I put my mic back on, it ducks out. Sorry about that. At the end of the episode, uh, the end of the clip, the lady mentioned that Biden approved an emergency $38,000 for every homeowner that doesn't have insurance that covers the loss of damage in Florida. Well, being that we're in the industry that helps with the recovery, a lot of the houses out there, and this is some insider knowledge, some boots on the ground right here, a lot of the folks, folks, a lot of the people, the men and women, men and women on the site, on ground zero, don't have flood insurance. And it's something that you think, well, why wouldn't they have flood insurance? They're in a flood zone. And the problem is the way the insurance contracts are underwritten, you don't ever notice that. You just assume that that's part of your policy since you're there. But a lot of these insurance contracts are underwritten in the way that says, you're not covered if there's a flood because you're in this high zone. If you want to be covered, you need to get it underwritten. And to get it underwritten is something that not many people know of. So they don't do it. Either that or the premiums get pretty intense. So it's up to you. Do you want to take that bet or do you not? I'd take the bet, even if it's pretty intense, because you're going to get in, in, in a flood zone. It happens almost every year. But anyway, my question with that clip is, and this is an ask the audience, since I'm in this industry, and since I know most of these homeowners will not have health insurance, sorry, uh, property insurance, and since Biden just approved $38,000 worth of relief, by any chance, since we're doing a whole lot of work that will probably exceed or get up close to that number, how much do you think these estimates are going to come back at? These uh, charges to the insurance industry. Most likely, every one of them is going to be somewhere right around $38,000. So just so you know, that's a little bit of uh, insider trading, uh, boots on the ground stuff right there. Topics for the next show. I have one thing that I want to mention to you. I want to go over the fact that cuss words are the most versatile words in the English language. And I want to give examples. So if you want to listen to that, if you want to tune into that, uh, this show has been pretty much squeaky clean up until this one and up until tomorrow, or sorry, not tomorrow, next episode, where either I will have a severe debate with myself, a little bit of flogging will be involved, where I decide whether... I should actually use the words myself or just find clips. Finding clips is actually a crap show, so we'll see what happens here. But I just want to give you an example of how these words are the most versatile in the English language, and I'd assume in most other languages, if they have the same weight in other languages. But that's it. That's it, guys. I'm done here. This is it. I'm going to let you go. I hope this this one was valuable. I hope it made up for what I missed on the last one. Uh, I'm going to end it with probably about 56 minutes, um, and that'll cover up to an hour with the last four-minute episode. So, signing out, guys. Peace.
Oh, shoot, I forgot to mention uh, that that song. That was actually my brother. Uh, he he recorded that on his phone. And I just want to shout out to him because he does uh, he does some good work. I think I think I like I like his music. I like that he's doing so well with it. And I like that he's expanding. So if anyone wants to check him out, I'll link his Instagram in the show notes of that end of show song. So if you just want to check out his stuff, he's also an artist. He's planning on drawing me some some cover art. His name's Caleb. Uh, I did a episode with him if you want to check that out too. So yeah, finishing up with the ISO and uh, and the five stars. No, no, wrong. Can my podcast give me five stars? <laughs>